Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? It's going well, Shay. Thanks for having me. You're always welcome on the show, Henry. It's a pleasure to have you guesting today. Um, yeah, no, good good day though. We're in Seattle. We got a little winter wonderland today. Snow's coming down amidst a big flurry. Uh, so we hope you all are staying safe this winter, having a happy holidays, and gearing up for Christmas or in Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. Teach their own. Enjoy the holidays. We got a fun episode though of Apex Legends podcasting content. Today we are doing a little bit of news, just brief some stuff, briefly answering a couple five-star questions as well at the end. But besides that, we are doing our legend concept competition. So we got three winners from the Discord that we're going to be talking about on today's show. It's going to be a blast. Really excited to dive into those. Before we do so, if you want a question answered, ask it in our Discord channel meant for questions or leave it in the form of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Also, feel free to drop us a follow on Twitter, Hacker Crudoche and at HB Burson. Love the support. If you want to support the show even further, then drop in a follow on Twitter. We also have a Patreon. Last week, we had a real blast doing a third-party invitational tournament. It went really, really well. It was theoretically a little more casual than our previous tournaments with no recon legends. And the results of that were, I think, surprising to both of us. Um, mm-hmm. But the feedback from the players was extremely positive. It seemed like everybody had a great time. They loved not getting scanned. They loved the pacing. They loved uh, being able to rap for higher placement way easier uh, than you ever could before. Um, So really looking forward to the next tournament where maybe we'll do something different in terms of a ban or uh, some fun rule change. So stay tuned for that and the best way to to be ready and be on the roster is to support us on Patreon, any tier you'd like. Mm-hmm. With that, though, let's dive into the news. First piece of news, EA announced that Apex is officially its most popular non-sports game of the year. I think this was one we could have uh, written in, but Battlefield maybe was going to strike some competition as a non-sports game from EA. Uh, obviously, Apex takes the crown. We hyped. Anything we want to say crazy off this? Big we're proclamations. Yeah. yeah, we're hyped. Nothing to, you know, scoff it's the at. expectation. Even though, yeah, like it still deserves a little round of applause because Apex is an amazing game and mm-hmm. it's been around for a while. So it's good to, to give some love to Apex. And the other small piece of news for today is Team Liquid has officially left the Apex Legends esports scene. Uh, releasing their entire roster. This follows Cloud9's exit last week. Um, In the announcement, Liquid said, quote, the ALGS and how it is moving forward with monetization for teams simply doesn't fit with our operations. Henry, first reaction to this, Team Liquid and now, you know, Cloud9 now Team Liquid, both leaving. Pretty, I'd say, aggressive statements as well uh, on the Liquid side of things. What are your thoughts? Are we seeing, you know, uh, ALGS, the downfall 1.0? I don't think so. I think that that can be a take on this. Um, But the optimistic take is that 
these organizations leaving for now are market forces and nothing else. I, I don't think that it's a massive failing on the ALGS. I think that it's mainly market forces and the inability to monetize esports in general. I think the thing to focus on here is 2023 is a big year for opportunity in competitive apex. Like mm -hmm. if you are a serious player, now is a good time. You know, I think that they build the the ecosystem for the LGS to allow for players to rise and the ranks. And I think with these uh, kind of big teams pulling out, it's going to only make the competition better. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think we should definitely, because we talked about a ton, we've kind of done some research on it. Maybe let's throw on our to-do list, like a deep dive on the prize pool of the ALGS yeah. and how it compares to some of the other uh, esports scenes. Because this is definitely a big statement coming from Liquid saying that just doesn't fit. And Liquid's a team that's you know participating in a lot of esports as well. So um, you know, I we kind of we pretty much understand the details of the ALGS. I follow the Call of Duty League pretty closely, um, but to speak to how they compare on the macro level. Um, if they are drastically far apart, if ALGS is drastically far apart from everything else, um, that would be something I'm not like 100% privy to. So this could be an interesting conversation to kind of dive into uh, because, yeah, things are happening. And we'll see, you know, one team a week now for the last two weeks. We'll see if anyone else follows towards the end of the year. But like you said, it does just open up more opportunities. Always too bad for these players, though. You know, we'll see where they land, whether they, you know, play on another, another team or go independent. So... There's always room for more competitive Apex out there. For sure. With that, though, let's dive into the Legend Concept competition. We got some winners today. Give a little background on Legend Concepts, what they are, why we enjoy them, and maybe a little, just a little brief on you know what we're talking about today. For sure. Pretty intuitive. A Legend Concept is a fictional legend that is not in the game, but maybe could be. Why we really like them are it's fun to think about different mechanic that would, mechanics that would fit in Apex and then come up with a character that would fit in the fantastic lore. I think when it comes to battle royales and games in general, Apex, Titanfall, probably Shay and my favorite mm -hmm. universe uh, when it comes to gaming. So I think that's why we do it. Um, the prompt for this competition was optional, was kind of winter theme. Uh, some entries did this, some didn't. That's totally fine. Um, what we look for are three abilities, passive, tactical, and ultimate, plus the lore, name, background. Some people uh, opt to specify the class of a legend, mm -hmm. but that's also something that sometimes we are able to talk about as well, like where should they be? So sometimes it's flexible. You know, some legends mm -hmm. already are, you know, Gibraltar, cough, cough. <laughs> um, yeah, I think just some introduction, maybe skip into feedback, is this is something that we love to do, having listener interaction, have people be able to submit things that we can discuss is really fun. I don't know if we nailed this. I think that it was hard. We had a lot of really good entries, which was fantastic to see, but the voting process was not perfect. There was so much to read that we're trying to come up with a way where it could be better. So mm -hmm. kind of stay tuned to that. We'd love to hear feedback in our feedback 
section on Discord um, because I think there could be a way. Like, share one ability at the top, and then you can click in to read the full mm-hmm. kit or something like that. I don't know. Open to suggestions. <laughs> yeah, I agreed for sure. Um, with that, though, we do have three you know, winners, finalists here that received the most votes. Um, and I'll start and we'll read through the first one. We can talk about these. Uh, and the first one's coming from the Discord user Humbler B. The legend's name is Extract, and they are a support legend for some lore to start. Extract is AJ Che's ex boyfriend, a combat medic whose life was saved by the daughter of the family bankrolling conflict in the Outlands and whose bomb imperialized, imperiled his life, imperiled his life. I don't know how to read sometimes. Unable to reconcile the woman he loved and her vilified family he loathed, he walked away, more determined than ever to find a way to help. When Lifeline left to join the Apex Games, she left the wingsuit gear she used to obtain the medical supplies that helped Extract survive, and so with mixed feelings, he began to use the glider she bequeathed to help others in danger zones across the Outlands. He threw himself more and more into peril as a hotshot emergency combat medic, yet watching so many die who he wished he could save, he felt helpless. It was during this time of recklessness he was sent to Talos to do due to his history as a combat medic to help when the Apex Games used the phase runner to host battles, and there he became fast friends with the faculty who maintained and kept the phase runner functional. The scientist shared his yearnings to use the technology to save lives and to stick it to the corporations and mega-rich they felt beholden to, and it was in so brainstorming they decided to have Extract test develop a prototype miniature temporary gate they thought could be used as an emergency rescue means. They wanted a live test and what better testing ground than a near-lawless arena of constant combat where there would be eyes on it and a chance to earn real money and support the... and support to fund life-saving measures, and maybe a chance to see AJ once more and atone for a brazing, parting, and harsh words once spoken. What do you think? Great lore. I think this is someone that I don't think we've ever seen before outside of maybe Blisk, mm-hmm. but taking kind of secondary characters in Apex and bringing them in as a legend concept. I think this mm-hmm. is really awesome. I think it's really cool. Uh, really detailed lore, ton of fun. I think that just the extra thought that kind of goes into every step of the way, and like you were saying, building it off of the existing story makes this lore feel very, uh, very real and accurate. Um, let's talk abilities, though. Passive emergency rescue extract has an extra survival item slot, and their max placement range for mobile respawn beacons is two hundred meters. Spawns with one mobile respawn beacon and inventory on drop as well some reasoning behind this extracts passive is similar to fuse but for survival items allowing you to stack twice as many and greatly increase deployable range grenades are stronger and much more universally applicable items and inventory constraints but extract has a support bent and has internal synergy with the survival items what do you think survival item passive thoughts or do you want to go through all the abilities that we talk about them after um we should probably go one by one Okay. In most situations. Yeah. I think yeah. for this one, it makes sense. Um, I'm all for it. I think that this isn't a overtly OP uh, passive, but I definitely like it. It's a big decision right now. Mobile respawn versus heat shield. Uh, mm-hmm. For me, I think if you drop and you're in ring one, it's mobile, you know, hands down and flip side. Uh, if you're not in the ring, but there's still a debate to be had. 
as to which is more valuable. And so to not have to do that and to get a free one, being a mobile respawn beacon is pretty cool. What do you think? And what do you think about the kind of buff to the placement range? Is that an important part of this passive? It's interesting. I was trying to think of like when you could use it. Um, to be totally transparent, nothing immediately came to mind. Like I think it would be a more interesting passive if you had like buffed survival items instead of like, I guess in placement is a buff, but more so like you place it and it instantly starts the respawn or something or like heat shields are last longer, they're stronger or something along those lines. Um, that to me, I think would be more interesting. And I think you can get away with that as well from a power standpoint with the passive here. We got really powerful passes in this game. So, we do. Yeah, I, I might crank it up a little bit more, but I can kind of see a little bit of in-game application from just the increased range, being mm-hmm. able to finish up a fight and then just, no matter what, pretty much put a mobile on a box or your fallen teammate's box. But I agree with you. It's interesting, that's for sure. Um, tactical. Hot shot wingsuit. It's on a 12-second cooldown. Extract can hold the tactical button up to one second to gain up to six meters of height with their jump jets before launching into a glide. If the button is tapped, they transition into a dive immediately. Works like other dives off dropships or balloons, except Extract immediately gains max 150 velocity when activating their wingsuit and decays from there. And he doesn't have a slowdown when within range of the ground. You land at full speed and transition with a quick roll animation upon touching down into the first person again. Reasoning. Of movement ability, but one that requires you to stow your weapons and gives off an obvious dive trail. Co-opting the wingsuit's lifeline and octane used in their stores from the Outlands, it's essentially just letting you transition into a dive without hitting a balloon or taking off first. I'll bet you do have the option to hold the tactical to get a bit of a rising hop before diving down. The hop is meant to be about three characters height and verticality, enough to get to the second story of a building, but not the third. Launching into a full-speed glide can allow you to... allow you a descent amount of horizontal distance, especially if you can find some verticality to descend from. Or, for example, right after exiting the dropship from his ult, you can freely reposition over a huge area compared to the more linear standard fall. What do you think? I love this. (laughs) I think this is really powerful and a unique movement tech, honestly. Um, It's a glider. I get that. But it's also flying, you know, which I think is pretty awesome that because you have that liftoff that isn't crazy and seems like it would be kind of quick, that's really powerful. Just quick lateral movement is uh, always going to be powerful. And I think we have so many legends that do vertical movement. You know, Horizon, Pathfinder, Valk, all can kind of go up and down. But in terms of legends that can cover horizontal distance really quickly, I think we're we're limited, you know, um, especially in tactical abilities mm-hmm. where nobody really can do that. So I, I think this is really unique, and it just screams just cause to me. And yeah. I just think that game is so much fun being able to to glide around. So I, I think this would be really fun. I think that. It's well-balanced conceptually, and I would love to see this in the game. I'm definitely interested in 
how it would kind of work in terms of map to map. Would this be a legend mm-hmm. that's more effective on some maps versus others? Like I think about how you know six meters jump up and then trying to glide off that, you're really not going to go anywhere um, on a flat surface. So it is going to be about how you kind of play the maps and buildings to get an effective glide. And so certain maps, I think you really would benefit more off of. And I think that would be a, a very interesting kind of breakdown. Like I immediately think of Storm Point. There's some areas of that map, or especially off a of Gravity Canyon, where you can go flying, um, which is like, I think there's one argument to say, oh my God, it's so powerful, you can just fly. On the other hand, your teammates can't. So uh, maybe a good legend for ratting and escaping, but uh, it's not like you're going to be you know, leaving all the time to just go abandon your teammates. And if you do, you might wind up in trouble. So I'd be curious, very curious to kind of see how the, the quick one second to six meter height jump jets into a glide thing feels um, in combat to kind of get like a true test of power for something like this, but a really cool concept for sure. I think it it's cool. And you're right that any movement tech is sometimes tough because you don't want to abandon your teammates. But for something like this, with the speed that it's written as, which I'm pretty sure is 150 meters per second, so kind of that ideal drop speed that people try to shoot for, that's fast. And I just feel like the best application is you crack an enemy, you hold down this tactical jump up in the air yeah. and just shoot yourself right at him like a like a dart and that is just like just cause that's iron man that's flying you know it's pathfinder really yeah it is <laughs> i think that with something like this you could potentially just go further and it's so much easier i don't think you'd have the same technical issues Definitely. of having to have a tree or a light post to you know grapple off of yeah um, so I think it's cool. It's unique. Um, ultimate recall gate, 120 second cooldown extract deploys a buildable platform, which after two seconds creates a temporary 15 second duration unstable phase drift, which deposits any legend who enters it into the ship above the nearest respawn beacon where they are dropped off the same as a respawning character, except they retain all gear. Max range of 600 meters, hidden passive that whenever ult is charged, the nearest respawn beacon remains highlighted on your map and HUD. Reasoning. Principally, the purpose of Extract is to provide an alternative to Valkyrie in terms of moving a squad not within a fight between POIs and in general providing a way to dodge gatekeeping chokes and make broad movements across the map. His ult creates a smaller temporary rift ship, rift sphere like the one on Olympus and entering it will teleport you into the sky and aboard a dropship which will deposit you to the respawn beacon closest within range of the ultimate's location. Does not consume the beacon to deposit characters from Extract's ult. So, so cool. I would have never thought of something like this. It's a really cool concept. So creative. I mean, the ability to effectively teleport anywhere on the map, but it's limited to active respawn beacons. So cool. Like, just for rotations, it's amazing. But it also just changes the whole game in terms of, you see a team is coming in a respawn ship. Is that easy kills or not? You know, Mm -hmm. you don't really know. And I just feel like, there could be some really cool fights in terms of teams going to that respawn, but also perhaps based off how this is written, pop this in a fight to get away, but then the team follows you. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. I think this is so creative. I think for a support legend, this is amazing because mm-hmm. respawning is very support. 
but this is also incredible movement tech. And, you know, historically, we haven't gotten support legends because they're really hard to make and they're not that powerful. And so doing something like this that combines the best of the most popular legends being movement and, you know, that really valuable support. I love this. I think the whole kit is really fun. Yeah, I think overall the legend is awesome. Uh, this old specifically, is it bad that the first thing I thought of was like, oh, what a great legend and a heal off. You jump into a portal and immediately you uh, get an animation that maybe pauses you from taking some damage. <laughs> like That's a, a bad way to think, to think about it that is easily amended, but it was it's just kind of funny. That's the first thing that did come to my mind with this. Um, yeah, I think your note is kind of interesting of Hey, is this going to be used as an escape ability? Because I know the purpose—that's not the purpose in terms of how it's written. That's what um, the writer says here. But I do think that's how we would probably see this used quite frequently. Uh, to be totally transparent, especially because I think if you just drop down first, even if you're need to hit a bat or you're recovering, having enter the ground first and then waiting for a team to follow you, I think you'd have such a massive advantage if people chased you that uh, you wouldn't really mind it for the most part. So it'd be really interesting though. Really cool legend. Uh, Some other just additional info on the legend. The primary legend linked is Lifeline. Uh, The former partner still holds a candle for her but won't get out of his way due to his ideals. Secondary legend link is Octane, resents his father and family, and is jealous of his friendship with Lifeline. And then the tertiary legend link is Mad Maggie, extract is anti-establishment. Maggie is brimming with the F the man energy, so they might just get along. For sure. Well thought out. Most votes of any any on the Discord. And um, yeah, I think it's a pretty dang good one right now. Very thought out. Very creative. Well balanced and A plus vocabulary. A plus, A plus. Very good job. Uh, legend, Kronos, Henry, take us into this one from our All very right. own Rye. <laughs> this is Kronos by Rye. Subheader is Time Twister. This is also a support legend, and their lore to kick us off is Kronos's name is Nico Atlas, and he always wished he had more time. More time to spend with his family before they were killed in a war. More time to study his complex calculations regarding the laws of time. More time to work with his colleagues at Peck Labs. Nico worked hard to prove himself in the scientific field, and eventually the work paid off, landing him a job at the prestigious Lillian Peck Labs, of course, after the tragic incident that occurred. There, he was finally able to pursue his interest in time, collaborating with many of the brightest minds, including Newton Summers. Through extensive work, prototyping time-altering devices were developed in the fitting form of a pocket watch and a grandfather clock. However, it, quote, failed experiment involving both devices. Nico was thrust through time to present day for the Apex Games and the famed and presumed dead for him. Mary Summers was a reality. A side effect of his time traveling, he stopped aging. After speaking to Horizon, he agreed to help cause. Kronos, wielder of time, had a new goal and all the time in the world. Nico, Kronos Atlas, the time-traveling, time-twisting scientist, fights in the Apex Games to conduct research and attempt a grand experiment. I love the mystery here. 
What is the grand experiment? I'm curious. Yeah. I kind of need to know at this point, Rye. Come on, let me in. <laughs> really, really cool concept, cool. though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of callbacks, the different characters we've been exposed to. I think an original character, of course, but in a really awesome backstory. Yeah, definitely. Agreed. Let's get into the abilities, though. Passive. Crunch time. While close to Kronos, teammates use items, and Kronos will revive teammates 20% faster. If Kronos is 60 HP or less, the time reduction is increased to 30%. That is fast. Do you remember the percentages for other legends off the top of our off the top of your head? Like the Gibraltar bubble? Yeah, it's about 15%. And then Lifeline's fast heal back in the day was 20%. So this is Ooh. this is fast. Healing items much faster, um, I think, is the big one. And reviving uh, is also pretty good. So, big deal. Stack it with a heat shield when you're weak, too. People are going to be up in a flash, that's for sure. Um, Yeah, I mean, this was pretty adamantly removed from the game, it seems like, by the developers. Fast healing uh, in the form of gear and legend abilities. Um, We honestly never really got, like, too much of you know reasonings why maybe we avoided this um you know it definitely made fights harder harder though like when you can hit a bat or a cell really quickly you can turn the tables really quick um so very powerful is i think what i'm trying to to get at is this would be a, a heck of a strong ability for sure based off the passive alone it would be a must pick you know yeah. for me i think being able to hit a bat in four seconds that's pretty good incentive to stay together as a team um I think being a support legend, having a passive that affects the rest of their team is also a really cool concept. Yeah. Like imagine if Caustic's passive, you know, affected the whole team. You know, that would be yeah. really, really good. So I think that alone is interesting that this isn't just for Kronos, it's for their team. Tactical ability, waypoint. Kronos sets a waypoint at his current location. Once the waypoint is set, Kronos can use his tactical again to travel back in time to where he set the rape, the waypoint. Kronos can erase a currently set waypoint to set a new one as well. little phase rewind action. So I'm yes, hearing here on this. And as Henry knows, that's one of my favorite abilities in Titanfall. So uh, I'm all for it. I think, you know, nailing out kind of some of the details around how far it can go. Um, how fast is it? Is it like a wraith portal? Is it slow um, in terms of the actual speed at which you travel? Some interesting details I'd be curious to kind of get the perspective on. But overall, I'm a I'm a big fan of this ability. You know, we kind of have it in Apex Legends and Mobile at this point. And I think it just makes for really, really cool gameplay. And it's one of those ones where it takes a lot to get a lot out of the ability. Gotta be a very smart player. Something like this is not easy to use um, by any means. And so yeah, I'd also be curious kind of like how visible is the waypoint? Is it obvious that that waypoint's been placed somewhere? Like, can you just camp it as an enemy or something? Um, yeah, just a couple questions on the ability itself. But overall, I like rewinding stuff. Yeah, I haven't necessarily seen an ability like this in a game, to my knowledge. Um, because normally when you have like phase rewind, that is on the timer. You know, yeah, when yeah. you activate the ability, it will then place you where you were 10 seconds ago Mm -hmm. and that is like a fixed thing and that's powerful but adds a lot of i would say maybe challenge or strategy (laughs) yeah to know all right where am i going to get spat out at because i don't necessarily know 
this is almost like a tactical insertion because you could mm-hmm. put this on the roof but then go camp in the building and if a team came in you know you could teleport teleport to the roof so yeah i wonder i think this might need a little bit of refinement but it's really interesting in terms of the strategy that you would have to use to to make the most of it yeah definitely would be interesting though for sure let's do ult ultimate time zone chronos places down a grandfather clock that projects a time-altering effect in the giant dome around it. Enemies inside this dome will have the speed of their healing, reviving, and abilities slowed down by 30%, while having their active abilities end 20% faster. Downed enemies will also have their bleed-out time sped up by 20%. For Kronos and his teammates, his passive will take effect at 35%, regardless of their location inside the dome. This doesn't stack with his passive. The clock can be destroyed by bullets and crypto's EMP. My, oh, my. I, uh, I think I'm trying to think of how to how to dissect this ability. My goodness, it's powerful. Though. That's what I'll lead with. Uh, very, very strong to not only boost yourself and your own team with a very strong ability but to have so many negative effects on the enemy. Um, yeah, I think I think this is a dang powerful legend that would feel quite oppressive at times uh, to play up against. Definitely wouldn't want to push somebody that's got a grandfather clock down, that's for sure. Yeah. I'm curious, what do you think the impact of this would be if you use this in a building? And you kind of said, all right, a team just jump padded on our team, we're in a building, activate this ultimate. Do you think that is really powerful and would just lead to that team dying? Do you think it would drag out the fight? What do you think? I think in terms of how it would kind of break down in a situation like that is if you're the team on top, you say, okay, they can heal super fast and they can revive super fast. And we can't. We we don't have or slowed down if anything as well so how i would look at it is you kind of have one push you can't go in and out you can't poke with this team you can't kind of play it's like okay if you want to go in on them you go in on them you get a knock and you got to keep going because a 35 percent sped up revive is no joke um and keeps things rolling so strategically i would probably back up for the most part uh and wait and make the push again once the ability expires. But I think generally what it does is it's like you no longer can poke in and out. You no longer can get a knock, reset, and heal. You have to get a knock and go. That's that's kind of how I would look at playing against this ability. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I, I just ask because it seems like it's designed to speed up fights in a way. Um, but I think in some situations it could actually drag out fights because yeah, teams wait. wouldn't want to engage. You yeah. know, like as the team, it gives you such an advantage and debuffs the enemy so that you can finish the fight faster. But I think that in most situations it it might drag out fights that could lead to more third parties. So yeah. I think this is a really interesting one. And for a support legend, interesting. Healing is so important. And Apex. And by affecting it this much through a passive mana ultimate, it's definitely a good recipe for a powerful legend. Yeah. 
Definitely. Oh, very well said. We got some additional info here, I think, as well. Yeah. Yep. Interacts with Horizon, reassurance, scientific discussions, chat about Newton. Really cool relationship mm-hmm. there. Interacts with Caustic, also scientific discussions, albeit a bit cautious, and then interacts with all legends. Legends confused slash in awe about time travel. Really cool lore and kind of character story. Yeah, definitely interesting one, that's for sure. Um, next we got the legend Dragon coming from Ryrie, 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 one of the two. An offensive legend. Let's get into the lore. Born on a foreign planet that was destroyed by the syndicate and where his parents died, he was then raised by a former bounty hunter in battle against syndicate armies. Dragon, oh, Dragonovest spinal system was severed and his right arm lost. He then had an exoskeleton implanted into his, and his right arm was replaced by a military grade prosthetic. He was sent to the Apex Games after trying to kill the syndicate leader. This is hungry, hungry for revenge right here, Dragon is. I love that stuff. Uh, Thoughts on the lore? Bounty hunters are great just because Mm -hmm. we love Star Wars and they're such a a really captivating class as kind of ethically questionable as bounty hunting is. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely, they're rich in their character, so kind of a fun background. Uh, let's get into the abilities, though. We got a passive exoskeleton. Melee does 20 more damage, so a total of 50 uh, than other legends. And Gaiden's added jump height also has added speed, not marginal. Can also hear footsteps clearer. It's a cranked passive, Henry. Very, very powerful passive. I would put this on par with Valk's laundry list of passives, um, <laughs> which doesn't mean that, you know, it's outrageous, but it definitely means that it's a powerful passive. Um, a 50 damage think... punch is no joke also, by yeah. the way. Apex's 30 is already pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The, yeah, the melee in Apex is so high. I don't think we'll ever see something like this, um, but we can accept it here for this competition, <laughs> for sure. Added jump height is something that I'm really curious about because... Climbing is also a big part of just apex map building. Yeah. You didn't have to climb and you could just jump on top of blocks and shipping containers and ledges. That would be a pretty big advantage. So I'm most curious about how an increased jump uh, would make things. Added speed? I don't know. Is this like an absolute counter to Octane? In that way, having an exoskeleton passive? I hope it's not that fast. But it is right. not marginal, is how it's described. So Pretty fast. Yeah. I don't know. It's a good one, that's for sure. Uh, let's get into the abilities, though. We got a tactical phase dash. Phase dash can travel forward 10 meters forward in almost an instant and can travel through windows. Cooldown lasts 20 seconds. When dashing at a player, it inflicts 40 damage. Pair that with your increased right, jump cool. height, and you're going to be doing some crazy movement stuff. And then you hit him again. With a melee, 90 damage yep. before you even shoot your gun. That's pretty good, Shane. That's, That's pretty, pretty good. good. We've been wanting to see a dash come into the game for a long, long time. Yeah. Years at this point. Um, this is still a very short-range movement tech when mm-hmm. it comes down to it. I mean, the... 
the diameter of a Gibraltar bubble is about 12 meters. Mm -hmm. So a 10 meter movement is definitely in your face already uh, by the time that you're using it. So kind of interesting to have such a assault-based movement ability, and Dragon is in the offensive class, so mm-hmm. it makes sense. But I really wonder how powerful could this be um, because of the limited range. Yeah, it's a good point, but I do think like 10 meters mid-combat is a lot. Like When you have to get somebody to absolutely flick their stick to kind of catch up to you, that's going to feel quite oppressive at times. And new angles to get through as well. Cover. You sure. got to think about blocking windows if you're playing defensively now or covering that if you know a, a dragon is around you. So it's interesting for sure. Um, ultimate though, Bounty Hunter's Revenge. The ultimate increases melee damage to 80, speed increases by 1.5x, and tactical to cooldown decreases to 5 seconds and boosts weapon damage by 1. Enemy footstep volume increases. Cooldown for the ultimate ability takes up to 180 seconds to charge and lasts 20 seconds. Has brief activation animation. Cracks knuckles or punches fist together. Ooh. Wow. I, well, I will say, we always talk about like legend concepts. We want them to be powerful. And so I love this because I think this and you know Atlas or uh, Kronos are very powerful legends between these two concepts. Um, and my oh my, this would be talk about just like fun. I mean, annoying as heck to play against if you were getting punched for eighty damage and someone was phase dashing around you every five seconds. But cause, you know that's four dashes during the twenty second ultimate. Essentially, if you go every time you can, um, yeah, it'd be a lot to to handle as an enemy. <laughs> yeah, and at a hundred and fifty percent movement speed, that'd be the fastest legend in the game. No matter what, Bloodhound and all Octane, you know, nothing is that yeah. fast. So this would be incredible. I think that it's very much inspired by Bloodhound's ultimate. Uh-huh. Um, and I like that. I think that even though it's extremely powerful, especially with damage and the movement, um, it still only lasts for 20 seconds. You know, you gotta you gotta make it happen. It makes me think, is a legend that has increased melee built into their kit. Is that possible? Could you have a legend in the game where everybody else knows, do not get up in their face <laughs> because they will knock you out with I one mean, punch? I wonder. Back in the day, we had it with uh, Forge. That was the concept. Mm-hmm. Increased melee damage and the developer team pretty much said that'll never happen. That was an old development team though. Um, so things have changed and maybe it does come someday. It's an interesting note. Um, it's a different way to play Apex Legends, that's for sure. If you're thinking melee first, gun second to an extent. Um, I'd be very fascinated. Yeah. Yeah. To try and play it would be hard, but yeah, it would definitely be something to think about if you could see someone running at you. Are you gonna shoot and stand in or are you gonna turn and run to try and get some separation uh at times? So an odd one. Um, little additional info, though. Uh, this legend has lines directed towards Octane, commenting on his father, and once had a contract to find and eliminate crypto. So there are added voices, voice lines between the two. Some great. Those are those were our top uh, voted submissions, and some really cool ones. That's for freaking sure. 
really good. I'm so impressed. It was really fun to go through them. Um, powerful. Yeah. As requested. You know, we want powerful abilities that are still reasonable. There's thought behind them and they're balancing. Um, I love all of them. It's always easy to tune them down. If you had to pick a favorite, though, um, you know, that's what we're doing. We got a competition here. So, how about we'll each pick our individual winners? We'll see if they align to an extent. Uh, if you can share first, if you would like, I'm curious. Extract is my favorite. Okay. I think that it's a support legend that I love the lore. I love the, the abilities. I think that a support legend with movement tech like this is a big upgrade for the whole game. I'd love to see it. Yeah. I, I was going to go extract as well. Um, sorry to there agree. I know it's a five-star question. We'll talk about it in a little bit. Um, but extract with the lore for me was just the top dog. I voted for extract on discord also. So, uh, you know, I think that's the favorite, no slight to our other two legends. Also great, great concepts as well. So, uh, a ton of fun, and we appreciate kind of doing the the concept competition. Do we want to do an honorable mention still today? How much time we got? We are 41 minutes into this show. Dang, I think we probably got to wrap it up with okay. some questions. Okay. Into some five-star questions, then to call this one a day, we'll maybe honorable mention uh, in the new year on our first week back. How about that? We'll, we'll yeah. throw it into that episode. Um, so first question coming from OG Trony, a five-star. Hey, Henry and Shay, I've been listening since early 2021. Currently, I'm stuck with the issue of no one to play with after just switching the PC this season. I'm a diamond player, also playing tournaments to anyone who wants to add my gamer tag. It's OG Trony. Uh, looking for a consistent third person to play with. Always happy to shout out gamer tags, find more people to play with. Uh, OG, if you want to get into the Discord, maybe add some people, see if you can get anyone to play with. Uh, yeah. Looking to, to be great, but that's O G T R O N Y for anyone looking for a diamond player in the third party community to squad up with. Great shout. Next five star review coming from K Noonan. Hey, Shay and Henry, I've been listening since picking up Apex in season 13 and love the podcast. My question is centered around the current ALGS season. Do you have a favorite team to watch? If not, how do you choose to consume ALGS? match days i've been enjoying watching the guard strictly because their crypto watson valt comp is nothing like anything i typically play with my squad in ranked matches it gives me an entirely new perspective on how to have success appreciate all the insight and breakdowns as a relatively new apex player keep up the great work great question how do we watch and consume algs match days um a good one i will say right now in the last tournament henry and i were kind of blown away by furia uh, and the algs championships we were like what the heck is going on um but honestly apex is kind of like one of the esports i don't have a true rooting interest in uh to be completely open on my side of things at least uh, i'm not really cheering for one team if anything i am a sucker for seeing uh tsm succeed and seeing how kind of be the ceo be the goat of apex legends um, but yeah, no, no crazy uh, rooting in my favor. Uh, I tend to gravitate towards whatever team is maybe playing the oddest comp, though, uh, if anything. That's what I was going to say. I think we kind of just root for legends of <laughs> players in some weird way, um, just because it, it really shakes things up. Um, yeah, I guess 
to add on, like how do we consume ALGS on match days? I, I like both the A and B stream, to mm. be honest. Um, when how they kind of do the the championships, I think that Nicewig does an incredible job. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that, but I also love. Uh, I think they call it command view, where you can look at all the players' perspectives as well on Twitch. I think that's really cool. Yeah. So I always throw it on the TV. Also, that's my esports consumption. So uh, not on the computer for me. Um, last five star question for the day coming from Podcast Aficionado. Hi y'all, been loving the show for the last year or so. As someone who follows the comp scene quite a bit. Average at best at the game. It's nice to hear a perspective from folks who are more on the side of passionate, casual fans than professional streamers. With that said, my only minor gripe with the show up until now was how much you agree on everything and get along. Your insight in general is great, but I gotta say the legend difficulty tier lists were so much more fun to listen to and hear you guys actually debate your unique perspectives rather than it clearly being aligned prior to recording. Hope you all are encouraged to be a little more free-flowing in your discussion after this so us listeners can enjoy a little more spice in the podcast. Thank you all for what you do and keep up the great content. That's what we were asking for. It's great feedback. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest. I mean, it was a spicy episode. (laughs) Looking back at it, I don't know. We could have done better at laying out the criteria the criteria is a lot of people thing. were yeah. confused yeah <laughs> we can still debate if we, we kind of made the criteria. criteria as we went yeah at times yeah but that being said positive feedback like this means a lot and both those episodes were some of our most listened to episodes of the whole season mm-hmm. so so far things are looking good that that style of content is something that we could try again yep definitely we can debate all day Every day. If we had like two hours, though, we could really go into it. So uh, maybe someday. Yeah, just give us the opportunity. <laughs> we'll do it. Oh, man. That's going to wrap our show for the day. Thanks so much to our producer, The Third Party 10, who supports us over on Patreon. Hit the plus on Apple. Drop us a follow on Spotify and check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to The Third Party Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey, now. Another squad coming in. Whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs>